want you to call me master. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. I am here today as Scott from ScottCast, the sound guy, <laughs> with Ian Dixon, fan favorite, former pod king. Say hello, Ian. Hello, Ian. Yes, right. We are here. We're broadcasting from Sunny Hamtramck on, uh, and that we're, this is being released. When is this being released? January 23rd. Okay. How was your January 23rd, Ian? So far, so good. How do you feel about January 23rd? <laughs> <laughs> We're assuming nothing bad has happened between, yeah. I don't know, say January 13th and January 23rd. <laughs> so we're going to be bringing you a timely podcast full of gorgeous goodness. It's just a jam-packed episode. And that's good that we're going to be bringing such a great episode because guess what happened? Hmm. Remember when I told that story about breaking the angel? Yes. Decapitating, actually. Decapitating the angel statue in my uh, mother's uh, garden. Well, I said, hey, at least I know who listens to ScottCast now Mm -hmm. when I told that story. Because I'm sure someone would talk to me about it. Right. Like the day after that was released, I get a text from my mother. (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue she still listened to this show. I felt like, given the stuff we talk about, (laughs) there is no way she listened. But she does, apparently. So I'm going to stop promoting Skycast on social media. (laughs) Because maybe that's the only time she listens. Because I don't know if she knows how to run a podcast app. Mm-hmm. So if I don't promote on social media, maybe she won't be like, oh, I'll give him a listen to help out my son. <laughs> <laughs> and then hear these crazy, insane stories about my behavior. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right under her nose. It turns out she discovered the angel. I didn't think anyone would discover it, how cleverly I put the head back on. <laughs> She discovered the angel, and she assumed it was Brandy, her 10-month-old puppy. Mm. It's a very large puppy. It's a Newfoundland dog. Okay. Brown. That's why they call it Brandy. But she assumed that that dog broke the angel and decapitated her. (laughs) Put the head back on. (laughs) (laughs) Dog was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go get some glue from the wood shop. (laughs) Really, I mean, if a dog went through that kind of length to hide its mess up, yeah, I would praise the dog. Good job, dog. That's right. You know, you figured out a lot just to not get yelled at, which might be incited to my own inner state feelings <laughs> of guilt. <laughs> you know, at least I tried to cover it up. <laughs> so now we know that my mother listens to Scott Cast. So uh, do you, are you going to proceed differently? Or are you going to just keep being in? Because she doesn't say anything bad about you. Yeah. And she always uh, she always likes, like, when I mention you, she's like, mm. oh, Ian, he's a, he seems like a good guy kind of speech. Well, that's good. Yeah. If she's gotten that impression, then I suppose there's nothing to change. Yeah. There we go. Don't, don't change, Ian, because my mom listens. <laughs> <laughs> Although I might. Uh, I always fear that she's going to be like, Scott, I always told you, garbage in, garbage out, and now look at you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
That's just to start off this podcast. Do you get this kind of level of disclosure from your hosts? Vulnerability? Um, I mean, I suppose there's a few that, like, they're pretty uh, loose with what they, they let out there. I mean... How would you rate me on the on the scale of co-hosts or, or podcast hosts who are loose and fast and loose I feel with like their personal we lives? are pretty well balanced in terms of, like, there's not a lot of topics that are, like, off-limits... But we do pretty well to avoid saying things that are, like, grossly offensive. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) actually, the previous episode (laughs) is kind of hard to edit because I do have a bit of judgment. I'm like, I have to edit this early in the morning with a cup of coffee and a fresh, clear, sober Mm -hmm. as hell mind. (laughs) I got to pretend I'm not me and Ian (laughs) because I like me and Ian. Yeah. And I got to listen to this and be like, should I put it out there? I mean, we just tell a lot of great Nazi jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it's clear where we where we stand on the Nazi issue. <laughs> but uh, you got to you got to be careful these days, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're pretty good at uh, towing the line and uh, which is good for me because sometimes in the editing room, I have like 15 and 20, maybe 25 minutes of audio left in the podcast to cut up and and i'm just like i'm sure we didn't say anything too bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i had to leave it in so anyway welcome to the fold ma <laughs> you join the illustrious likes of scott science david vander hayden who is a co-host uh and several other people Say hi to Greg for me. You should you should go to Lost Way and talk to Greg about Skycast. <laughs> <laughs> Start a conversation. Maybe people will be like, hey, what are those two hip cats talking about? They seem excited. They seem to be talking about something ooh, crazy and out of this world. What could it be? Ooh, it's Skycast. All of a sudden, Skycast is the most popular show in Nebraska, <laughs> which would be great for you because you don't want fame, right? That's true. But you, Let's be honest, everyone wants the trappings of fame, you know, the easy money. If I could be Nebraska famous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's where it's at. You live in Hamtramck, you got a house. <laughs> like, if you ever want to, like, take an ego trip, like, literally, mm-hmm. you go to Nebraska, and you just bathe in the accolades, and the people, like, showering confetti upon you. <laughs> you know, and, and we can both do that. We can say hi to my mom, mm-hmm. who is also a fan, apparently. Well, she never said she was a fan. <laughs> She's a listener. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be a wonderful time, a bonding experience, and a way to color our lives with texture and contrast. That's the Scoutcast way. This is beautiful lies. Have you ever eaten Triscuits? Yeah. I bought myself a box of Triscuits instead of extra toasty Cheez-Its mm-hmm. on my last grocery store run. I usually get extra toasty Cheez-Its because extra toasty Cheez-Its are the shit. Mm-hmm. But at my trip, the extra toasty Cheez-Its, someone let the secret out. They were gone. Yeah. Like, I think this was the beginning of that COVID shortage that people are now talking about in the news. First item off the shelf in the grocery store, supply chain-wise. Extra toasty cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I witnessed this. Yeah. 
So I got Triscuits instead because mm-hmm. I was looking at the back of the carton where it had the nutrition facts, and Triscuits are like all carb. Yeah. And whereas like Cheez-Its, they're like half fat, like they're almost more fat than carb. Yeah. So and I needed a good ratio of fat to carb because David got me on this damn nutrition tracking app. And it's having me look at myself hard in the mirror each day. Right. That's what it means to track your nutrition. Use promo code 1L2L. <laughs> <laughs> when you download Macro Factor, and sometimes maybe <laughs> once in a while, you will get a free seven days. <laughs> but it's a wonderful app. <laughs> so you got some Triscuits. So I got some Triscuits. And then I read this article in New Yorker, and they're saying that millennials... Mm-hmm are basically shitty versions of Frasier. Mm. Have you ever heard of Frasier, the, the show? I've yeah. never, I've heard of it. I've never watched it. Yeah. All I understand of Frasier is that it's like the stuffiest of sitcoms. Yeah. It's like a, a sitcom without Claritin D. But we are like the Frasier of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Because millennials are foodies. We, we're, we're kind of like, sublim- like, like perpetually single. Uh, um, like uh, multifarious in that regard. What else are we? We're not as fancy as Frasier, though. But so we're, we're kind of pretentious, though, anyway. We are pretend. We hold the pretension. <laughs> we didn't take any of his erudition, and <laughs> but we took all of the pretension from Frasier. <laughs> it's been a wonderfully sobering uh, realization. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel like you're Frasier? You discovered this because of Triscuits? Yes. Well, Triscuits and then reading that New Yorker article that said all those philosophical things about my generation. Mm. But I was apt to agree with them because I was like so fond of these Triscuits. (laughs) (laughs) I think my grandma had a lot of Triscuits when I visited when I was five Mm -hmm. in Naples, Florida. Mm -hmm. So I always associate Triscuits with the deep past and the elderly. And I, I am not a Triscuits man. I am but a child. Yeah. But I bought that pack of Triscuits because of supply chain issues. <laughs> <laughs> and my God, was it amazing. Mm-hmm. I paired it with prosciutto, mm. which is even more Frasier. Yeah. Fancied it up. I fancied it up because I needed some protein because I'm tracking macros now. It was a wonderful experience. Prosciutto is basically bacon, but you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Just eat it. I don't know. I'm having a bit of an existential crisis. Do you have like a ready-made like view? I might be a pretentious millennial, but Mm -hmm. fuck it. This is the way. This is what it's like to live. Yeah. In my time. I mean, I can see the the point of the New Yorker article. I wonder who wrote it. Was it uh, an actual millennial or was it like... Some boomer who's just kind of grumpy and taking the shit out of these millennials. They think they're so fucking great. Yeah, they're like <laughs> they don't want to make fun of Gen Z. <laughs> you know, they're too powerful economically. <laughs> but millennials, no, they're all broke. <laughs> Let's shit on millennials. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I guess there's some truth in that. But like, with any like generalization, there's exceptions, and I don't necessarily. Uh, feel the need to label things that way I, th- I think i just worry about the aging trope mm-hmm. and like being dragged along with my generation because because i feel like i take the normal and i'm like what's the easiest position in this group of normal people <laughs> i'm gonna take that yeah and if the group of people 
the bell curve mm-hmm. is is uh, centered on a median of danger. <laughs> I'm <am> fucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's like a lot of that is sort of beyond our control. It's not like an individualistic thing that we became this way. It's like, well, the economy tanks and we're in the middle of a fucking uh, pandemic. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like factors of the the economy and the advancement of like our, our cultural norms has sort of created a lot of what I guess gets attributed to us as individuals. Yeah. And I think the advent of the internet. Mm-hmm has offered up a lot of navel-gazing. Yeah. Because things aren't being censored by publishers anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, censors may be a strong term. Filter is probably a better term. But, you know, as publishers would filter for saleability, and they would be foible to the processes of focus groups and all. Right. But the internet is the wild west of publishing. It's still wild as fuck. Fuck me! Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> It's just that guy. Yeah. Is one is a beacon of publishing. Like <laughs> Fuck me, fuck yeah. White Claw Gabe. He has defeated and reached every single local publication unless the local publication is the New York Times and you're in New York. <laughs> right. But he has defeated almost every single one of them in terms of reach, and he's just doing that some kind of stuff. I'm in an old-timey cartoon. You kind of are. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It's time for the first advertisement. All right. Dude, we got a real fucking good advertiser here. David, he comes up to me, and he's talking shit. He's like, Scott, One Life to Lift has a fantastic sponsor, mm-hmm. uh, Macro Factor. Use promo code 1L2L, and sometimes you'll get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, cool. I guess that's fine. But inside I seethed, mm-hmm. I raged, and I plotted. Mm. Sounds like a plot from a Frasier episode. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> this is the ad. <laughs> So I plotted. <laughs> Balding with my sherry. <laughs> Swirling in a glass. I just figured out an idea. I subscribe monthly to this uh, fitness supplement called Athletic Greens. Mm-hmm. And when you subscribe, they give you a link. Mm-hmm. And if anybody signs up at this link, you'll get 15 bucks off and they'll get like five extra travel packets Mm -hmm. with whatever order they make. That's the deal. Okay. So in order to claim that shit, go to thescottcast.com forward slash AG. Now let me tell you, Ian, about Athletic Greens. Mm -hmm. Ever since I've been taking Athletic Greens, I've felt like a superhuman. I felt like I should have my own Marvel TV show. I felt my, my, my legs get longer. Okay. I've, I've like I've I've when I go to the mirror and I'm naked, I look at my body and I'm like I have more body hair. Mm-hmm. It's like covering my body. 
and my spine is kind of elongating and my 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 skull is kind of also like growing so you're turning into a wolf man <laughs> every every uh full moon every full moon i get my new box of athletic things <laughs> and i howl <laughs> because it's got 77 uh vitamins minerals and whole food source ingredients it's incredibly convenient you just you just take a tablespoon and some water. It's better than pills. Mm-hmm. You know, people die on pills. It's for everybody, and uh, it boosts your energy. It uh, improves workout recovery, aids digestion, supports immunity, and you become the wolf man. <laughs> Athletic Greens. Go to the scottcast.com forward slash ag. Are you gonna pick up some? It uh, sounds pretty rad. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So we got an email bag. Oh, uh, a Scott Castigator that goes by the name of Catherine Hardick writes, Do you have any plans for episode 150? Mm. I've noticed that you publish crazy cool episodes at the 50, 100, etc. marks. Mm-hmm. Game episodes usually, tournaments. And Sneaky D, the Dread Pod King, has been king for a very long time, I've noticed. Very long. <laughs> so are you going to do anything for episode 150? Like have Pod King transfer mm-hmm. somewhere. Maybe to Kyle. Signed Catherine Harddick. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do. I don't I haven't planned anything yet. Yeah. I, I uh I don't even know what like episode number we're on most of the time. This is 149. So yeah, 150 is coming up. Immediately. I've not made any plans for anything. You haven't told your family? No. You haven't written letters, posted on social media, told the children in your practice? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So we don't have anything crazy and spectacular planned. But um, that doesn't mean it won't happen. It doesn't mean it won't happen. You know, if we can get David in here, or maybe if he can't get here for episode 150, he just forfeits yeah. pod kingship. Because mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you're not here at 150. So we could do that. And I thought, I was reading this book called The Elements of uh, Eloquence. Mm-hmm. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and I came up with like a cool game. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could play that for episode 150. Okay. See who really is the best potter. Perhaps, yeah. With some like speech games. Mm-hmm. So like uh, the game would be you have to use like apostrophe mm-hmm. in your in your answer to a question. Like in your assigned a topic and your assigned view. So mm-hmm. you have to bullshit the entire time. Gotcha. And it's in your ability to use this element of rhetoric to make yourself sound good. Mm-hmm. Epistrophe is when you say the last thing in the sentence every time. When mm-hmm. no matter what you say in the sentence, you always end it with the same thing mm-hmm. every time. Like, no matter what happens. Even if David interjects and starts fucking running a file of you and fucking, like, just saying his damn puns and his science and, and, his, and his macronutrients, you just say the... Th- end it, Every sentence, the same thing every time. 
you, you just did it there. I just did it right there. Yeah. I just did it right there. So like so like so it's pretty easy to do. Like all the all those elements of rhetoric, mm-hmm. very easy rules. And uh kind of gives you a template to kind of base off of and it's really good when you're trying to defend Nazis <laughs> or <laughs> you know, whatever whatever thing you might want to say. So, that uh, Catherine Hardick, does that uh answer your question? What do you think uh how do you think Catherine Hardick found out about us? Hmm. Write in Catherine Hardick. Tell us your biography. You you pique my interest. Strangely. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a brand new segment. I came up with this segment because we've been talking about White Claw Gabe for like a hundred fucking episodes. <laughs> and to real no avail besides talking about White Claw Gabe all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just been a great ride being like, fuck me, fuck yeah! And just in, and leaving it at that. But... A few quotes of his have been spinning in my mind constantly. Mm -hmm. And they finally, like, converged onto this great idea for a podcast segment that I think no other podcast besides ScottCast can really do effectively. Mm -hmm. And uh, I call this segment Boss Talk Dumb Fuck. (laughs) Like, with a slash in the middle. Boss Talk slash Dumb Fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. We analyze something that somebody does. They take a risk. It's uncertain how this is going to play out. We debate the pros and cons, you know, separately, and we kind of land on a conclusion. Is this guy talking boss talk with this decision? Is Are we confident with this guy? Or is he a dumb fuck? Mm-hmm. Did he mess up? Is he bullshitting us? Is he a piece of shit? <laughs> and that's the that's that's the uh, that's the game and uh to commemorate white claw gabe's involvement i've made this Woo! if you don't like it you're a dumb fuck this is boss talk boss, boss talk dumb fuck if you don't like it if you don't like it don't like it this is boss talk dumb fuck fuck me fuck you for the inaugural edition of Boss Talk Dumb Fuck, we have someone I'm so glad to have given us a topic like this. Mm-hmm. Someone who's been with the podcast forever. I love this man. No matter what happens, I love you, Master Charles. <laughs> or is it Master Charles? And that's the entire question. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. So I was like just hanging out, having a good day the other day. Yeah. I was having a good day. Things were fine. Right, And you know how sometimes it's those days and they become indelible in your memory because it's those days you receive the news, something from your past has gone away. Mm -hmm. That day was this day. (laughs) I log on to Twitter and I I see Master Charles posting and he's saying the kind of same things he'd always say. It's the same avatar, just the same person. But the username is different. Hmm. And the link is different. It's not Master Charles. It's Spicy Boy Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
So I click and I ask him in the chat because he's playing. He's playing Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. I ask him, "Is this is this permanent, or is this just like a silly thing? You're gonna change your name for a little bit, troll the audience, and like, haha, like I get it. It's funny. It's funny, man. It's funny. Stop it, though." <laughs> and this is this is what he says. What do you do when you're shrunk? Scott Cass, what's up, bud? What is his name-ish? Did you retire? I did. I retired the master. We've evolved into a spicy boy, which is, uh, I'm sure you can tell a lot. A lot friendlier than being like, what up? Call me master. Hey, you there. Hey. I want you to call me master. Master Charles. No, it's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Being like, yo, call me Spicy Boy or Charles or whatever. It's way easier. It's official. The name that I have known Master Charles by. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me not to call him that. Yeah. Since 2006, 2007, minimum. Because I knew him like that when he was in middle school. Yeah. That's when we were 13. That's 2003. You know, he, he estimated 2006, but I remember it in middle school. And that would be 2003, 2004. No, even earlier. That's 2002, maybe. Talking 15, 20 years here. We're talking decades of name, <laughs> of brand building. <laughs> <laughs> and this man just, just casts it to the wind. And why? Why? Because he says master is too domineering. Who was bowing down to him? <laughs> That's what I ask. Mm. So, I don't know. We got to argue both sides of this Mm -hmm. before we can land on what we really feel. Yeah. You know, I'm emotional, clearly. Mm -hmm. This is a great installment of Boss Talk Dumb Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck me. Fuck yeah. Let's start with pros. Okay. Do you think this is a good idea to not associate yourself with master, like by calling yourself Master Charles? You think Spicy Boy Charles is better? You want pros? I need pros. Because <laughs> I can't give you pros. Yeah. I mean, I got cons up the, up the ass. I mean, I can see like master is kind of a weird thing. I feel like you want to avoid certain connotations or like power dynamics stuff. It is a little weird, I guess. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like waking up and knowing Aunt Jemima's gone. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, also not knowing Aunt Jemima was bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can see why that that's a, a change that maybe needed to happen. At the same time, you just, yeah, the nostalgia, the, the tradition of it is, it's hard to give up. It's so hard to give up. And mm-hmm. so you're ending with a con in the well, pro speech. Just because something's hard doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do or like worthwhile. It's a thought. And I mean, I, I don't really, I uh, can't say I follow Master Charles. Well, can't say I follow Spicy Boy Charles. <laughs> In terms of like, don't what, dead name what him. he's what he's doing on on Twitter or on Twitch. Aside from like kind of vicariously through you, sometimes I'm like seeing some of his stuff. But like, if he wants to like rebrand or like kind of switch up what he's doing, that's I guess that's good. You know, he can make decisions about how he's running his media empire. I shouldn't call it an empire if he's not a master anymore. That's right. <laughs> it's hard to talk about without, like, stepping on toes. That's true. That's true. That's, but, you know, this is boss talk dumb fuck. So, yeah. like, the, the way I envision this this segment continuing going forth, yeah. you know, is that if you hear your decision was discussed on boss talk dumb fuck, then you are going to feel honored. 
and excited. Because, yeah, you're going to get this initial impression of opinion, mm-hmm. but you're also going to get checked. So I'm wondering right now, Master Charles changes his name mm-hmm. to Spicy Boy Charles. Yeah. Will he get more followers, more engagement? Mm-hmm. Will people feel more warm towards him? Mm-hmm. And this is where we get empirical on this shit. Yeah. I got to say, Spicy Boy's not doing it for me. You don't feel it? I mean, if if he's going to change the name, that's not what I would have went with. I would have gave it some more thought, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, I understand that he he's a big fan of spicy food. Yeah. And once in a while, he'll do spicy food streams. Hmm. I've never been privy to one. I think I maybe saw him cook once. Yeah. But uh, to base your entire brand on this. Yeah. You know? Like some of his other things he he does is part of his brand. He's got a hot pink main color. He's got fantastic graphic visuals Mm -hmm. throughout his production. It's like all stellar and very well done. Good transitions. It looks like an ESPN show, honestly. Yeah. And it's just him dicking around Mm -hmm. playing video games. So he's got that kind of stuff going on. He's got some some like cartoonish emoticons. Mm Mm-hmm. He likes to chat upside down. So mm-hmm. if he's just talking to the audience, his frame is completely upside down. Okay. And this is supposed to be a thumbnail and like the <laughs> suggestions. And so mm-hmm. people like to, neurotic people like to click the upside down thumbnail so they can comment, hey, you're upside down. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, I do it on purpose. Stay a while. So he likes to cultivate a neurotic audience. Yeah. And this is why this kind of segment's okay for it. And that is the extent of Master Charles. Okay. Notice how little spiciness is in it. Yeah. um, I could think of some other names that might have been better suited. I I feel like in the Skycast universe, like, Bat Nipples is the other option. And if he's upside down when he's taking questions, Bats perch upside down. Come on. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Da 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 fucking Batman. Get your get your Batman symbology in there, and your bat nipple, and you have actual real story behind it, and you got the sky castigators behind you, Mister Charles. Yeah. If you call yourself Bat Nipple instead, I'm still a big fan of keeping Master Charles. Mm-hmm. You've built so much with it, but you know it's He's been a got while. a neurotic audience. Like maybe <laughs> they need. To- an authority figure to really look up to, you know? That's how he, that's how you cultivated your audience. Yeah. But it could be he doesn't want the neurotic audience anymore. <laughs> <laughs> spicy boy is the quickest way <laughs> to dispel Good way them. to shed the unwanted audience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just consider if, if like, the most loyal of his neurotics uh, <laughs> launches a segment critiquing his choice. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably he's probably got his thumb on the pulse here. <laughs> so I think pros, as far as changing his name, is like yeah, that's that master connotation is real, real troublesome, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to be associated with that kind of stuff. But cons are maybe maybe you do, <laughs> <laughs> or like just pick a different name. Yeah. Don't be spicy boy. Big big con is spicy boy is not it. Yeah. And I think everyone agrees with that. Mm-hmm. When he explained it to me, he defends spicy boy not by saying, because I'm the spicy boy, mm-hmm. which is the correct answer. Right. 
he defends it by saying, I'm not Master Charles anymore. And mm-hmm. that is the core problem here. Yes. If you defended the name change by being like, because I'm fucking spicy boy, boy, I would have tinkled my pants and went away. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, you got on Boss Talk, dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So, what do you what do you think? Do you think uh, do you think Master Charles is speaking boss talk by changing his name to Spicy Boy, mm-hmm. or is he a dumb fuck and he's gonna have to change something? Um, see, it's hard for me to pick one or the other. I feel like it's in the middle. <laughs> I wouldn't say dumb fuck. Like the the name change isn't a problem. It's what he changed it to. Spicy Boy's not it. Spicy Boy's not so it. If that's the criteria, I guess it's dumb fuck. Okay, so name change. This is boss talk. Name choice. You're a dumb fuck. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, this has been boss talk, dumb fuck. If you don't like it, you're a dumb fuck. This is boss talk. Boss boss talk, dumb fuck. If you don't like it, if you don't like it, don't like it. This is boss talk, dumb fuck. Fuck me. (laughs) Isn't that the best segment we've done so far? That's going to yield some shit in the future. We definitely stirred up some shit. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Here we go. We're just we're just hitting them hard in the in in this part of the podcast. As good Scott Castigators know, we like to cover uh, news concerned with the with the apiary crowd, the the bees. We like to concern ourselves with the bees because, first off, bees are fascinating; they're little creatures. Secondly, because we're producing a movie called Zombies, Mm -hmm. so we like to keep ourselves current on all things bees because we're not going to be releasing a movie that's outdated with science. That's right. You know, that's bullshit. The information is there. We've already discussed the internet. So, first thing up on B News, let's see. Uh, just a little little B fact I, I came about, mm-hmm. which I think might be useful for the zombies script. The zombies, the creatures, yeah, they're bees, but they're mutant bees, so they exhibit a lot of the aggressive tendencies of hornets mm-hmm. and stuff, and uh, closer related kind of insects. Right. And so this is something about hornets. Now, hornets are usually kind of solitary with their hunting behavior, but when there's like a famine, they will hunt in groups mm-hmm. and swarms. In order to mark a target, what a hornet will do is it will rub its abdomen on the target. Mm-hmm. The secretions from it humping the thing will be like a homing beacon for the rest of the swarm. swarm. Mm-hmm. So, one of these creatures usually will come up to another beehive, hump the beehive. Like It's a real gyration. <laughs> it's really hip forward. Mm-hmm. And they will accost the beehive and just rub itself all over. And a swarm of bees flying overhead will smell that from a long distance and zoom in. And these hornets will go in and just wreak havoc tearing heads off eating shit because they're famished Mm -hmm. this could be a detail we add into zombies just needed some way to work more humping in yeah 
<laughs> so, well, as we'll learn later when I do some uh, film reviews for you guys. A film review, I suppose. We'll figure out exactly how much we need if we're going for tit for tat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we needed to work more humping in. And we needed to work more more science in. Mm-hmm. So so that's really all there is for the, for the B news. But I did also come across something else. Another interesting fact and I guess that's what B news is. It's just facts. Because <laughs> I mean, like bees, they don't do much new besides uh, die. Sometimes they're <laughs> attacking people, and that's true. Know. Sometimes they're they're in a weird place. Like, why do you get there, bee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get there? So I was reading about bee equipment, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the slats in a beehive run by a beekeeper. Mm-hmm. Like those little wooden box, and there's a slat full of like honeycomb and right. bees running around it. Yeah, uh, they call it a Vivaldi. Mm. That's right. Since you are composing the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to be using a lot of uh, references to classical music, you're going to be playing "Flight of the Bumblebees" for the main theme, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do some "Rite of Spring" or something. That's right. We're going to be fucking putting some. I'm putting more work on your musical load. Mm. He wrote a lot of music that were supposed to simulate bees. Like, check out this bee. Check this out. Can you imagine David fighting bees to this? Oh, hell yeah. You know? Very easy to see. So, my idea is like just incorporate Vivaldi into it like as the th- a thematic thing. Mm-hmm. It's good to like steal the melody from that kind of yeah. thing because they're dead and they don't care. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and it's beautiful. It's masterful. Yeah, I can see that. It's like thematic. The, the, the sort of uh, those drone notes at the start. That I could see like just kind of chugging on a fuzz pedal and just exactly yeah. yeah that would work very well yeah if you're getting up to bumblebee speed you'll, you'll be able to pull off Vivaldi. <laughs> <Right. laughs> mm-hmm. and then it gets like this and it gets real proper and stuff and keep in mind this is the imagery of zombies is i mean no I, holds barred yeah if i'm uh recording this i can just do like a couple notes at a time too i don't have to do the whole shebang mm-hmm. just copy and paste that shit that's right. <laughs> We've got the aid of digital devices to cover our fuck-ups. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And particularly of a Vivaldi piece, I would like help, I would like to help curate the pieces for the shots. But of, of a Vivaldi piece, I would really like to hear for, um, like, David contemplating the need to fuck the bee. Like, he's, like, thinking about his whole life. <laughs> You know, it's real soft, like the ashes of like dead people, mm-hmm. and like the battle ahead are like falling on him slowly, mm-hmm. and it's like super HDR for like him, but like everything else is fuzzy and gray, mm-hmm. you know, and like. He's battling, but he's thinking while he's battling <laughs> about his dick. <laughs> and eventually, of course, he lands on the eventual um, decision that it doesn't matter what he does. He has to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. And he fucks the bee. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm into it. Like, weren't you about to just cry listening to the David Fox scene for the first time ever? <laughs> like, we've discussed that scene so many times. But with that music, yeah, it becomes emotional beautiful. and real. Yeah. It's a spiritual film. <laughs> I just can't wait for us to actually do it. Yeah. It's going to be fucking awesome. We're crafting this thing from the bottom floor up. And you guys get you guys get a taste of it. Mm-hmm. The, the building the behind process. the scenes yeah yeah i mean of course everyone's like these guys are crazy <laughs> but like when it happens and you see it mm-hmm. you guys are gonna be like we were here on the ground floor and i'm gonna welcome you my prodigal sons <laughs> <laughs> is that how you say that i don't know prodigal prodigal yeah that right prodigal yeah okay that that has been that has been b news We're on to the headlines, and there was a headline that I found on the internet that made me laugh so hard. (laughs) And I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And the headline was so perfect. I understand how the internet works. Mm -hmm. They say a salacious headline to get you click. They want your attention, and that attention turns to money for them. But with that in mind i i saw that headline and i was like i'm going to keep this pure for now i'm not going to read this article but i will share it to ian the headline was psychologists debate whether to call patients sluts (laughs) (laughs) which brings to my mind a lot of scenarios (laughs) (laughs) like is there like a segment of psychologists out there that are like, look, these people, they don't need help. They just need to know they're a slut. <laughs> they just got to do it. They just got to be, they just got to admit it. <laughs> like 45 minutes in, Joni, I hear you. I hear you. The thing is, you're a slut. <laughs> so, I don't think that's the case. No. It's not. Okay. So what is the, what is, why, why does this headline exist in my life? So, uh, there's like a concept, I guess, in the, in the helping professions where, uh, we want treatment to be person centered, right? We want to refer to people the way they want to be referred to. Okay. Um, we respect, you know, gender identities and, you know, yeah preferred names that sort of stuff okay so we'll refer to spicy boy charles as spicy boy charles (laughs) i want you to call me master (laughs) in some instances uh people will use like reclaimed words so like the n-words the n-words an example right for the black community like that was used as uh obviously derogatory term um, used to oppress the the black community for centuries, but some some black folks decide to use that as a, a more empowering term now, mm-hmm. right? For one another, so kind of the same idea with like sexist terms, uh, slut. Okay, so there are people going to their yeah. therapist, and they're just like, they're look, like, no, I want to be sex positive. You, like, I am a slut. <laughs> look, I know. <laughs> look, I know I'm a slut. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. So that's the debate. Is like some psychologists, I guess, are uncomfortable with that um, because they still have that sense of like this was used in a derogatory way, and if I'm using this towards clients, so that's is weird. there like a mass of sluts 
their term like <laughs> pressuring their psychologist their therapist mm-hmm. to, to call them sluts so there was a is uh, that like a slut behavior to go to your therapist and be like call me a slut <laughs> <laughs> there was direction from the british psychology society that uh, advised therapists to use patients preferred terms so if if a client wishes to be called a slut addressed as a slut then they should according to the british psychology society all right do you agree? Um, in a gray area kind of way. Okay, because like, I can paint you some solid black and white areas. <laughs> yeah, no, like certainly we should respect people's wishes and how they want to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of going back to like the N-word thing. Like if my clients want to use that as a as a kind of reclaiming that word in, in, in a, an empowering way, I support that. Um, but I'm not going to use that word. Right. Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like all these sluts are like, call me slut. <laughs> if they're really insistent that I call them that, we would have to explore that before I'd be comfortable going down any road like that. Like, I want to know what that means to you and why it's important that I address you that way. And there's a lot to unpack before we. It's a powerful. It's a from powerful. like, okay, yeah, ask. you slut. You, I mean, look, these sluts know (laughs) that that's a powerful ask, that there's a lot to unpack. (laughs) The very fact that it could be considered, like, maybe slightly offensive that I'm doing what you tell me to Mm -hmm. by consistently calling this group of people doing the asking sluts. (laughs) Very specific cohort, (laughs) I feel. The, to me, the big surprise is that it is a cohort, that it's mm-hmm. like it's a large mass of people. This could just be me being Frasier, millennial Frasier, self-centered, egotistical, narcissistic. Frasier is a, is a psychologist in the in the show. Oh, I bet he would have to deal with this. This would be a plot line. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, you want me to call you a slut? Oh, well. <laughs> but he was like a radio show psychologist. So like, oh, was he? Essentially. You know way more about Frasier than I do. Essentially what we are doing. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with my life. I'm not freezing! I'm not freezing! Oh, Scott! Thank you. Thank you. What you can do to empower yourself and affirm that you are not Frasier is to hear forth be known as that slut from Sonic's Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I take that. I will take that advance now. I will retire sound guy. If, you know, Master Charles could retire Master <laughs> Charles, I could retire sound guy. I've had it for like months. Like, <laughs> um, I'm going to retire sound guy. I'll be the slut from Scott <laughs> Boss talk or dumb fuck? <laughs> Email bag us. Email bag us what you think. It's your Ooh. turn for order. If you don't like it, you're a dumb fuck. This is boss talk. Yeah. Boss, boss talk. <laughs> <You're> dumb fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for 
<laughs> the edit room, all this laughing that you're going to be having to cut around. But, uh, <laughs> this slut is enjoying this guy cast. <laughs> oh my god. You know, this is some good shit. But, uh... <laughs> We're about to turn dark and moody. <laughs> I don't know why, honestly. <laughs> I'm just still reeling from the slut talk. <laughs> I need a cigarette. <laughs> oh, my God. The Fraser revelation, too. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about this podcast. 149 is a thinker. Mm-hmm. You know, this might be the episode 24, Shovel, That's Your Gift, of our Latter-day yeah. situation. You know, I feel it in my blood just because my brain chemistry is changing. It feels like we're really edging on some, like, big realizations about ourselves and the cast. And It's very futile sounding. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a glorious note we're landing on. <laughs> but we're going to forge on mm-hmm. because it is a glorious note in my eye. It's like a sad melody that you want to repeat over yeah. and over. You know, some beautiful thing, you know. That's the spirit of Scott Cass in a sound. <laughs> but, uh, I got something that's going to take us from this ground, mm-hmm. this zero, this torpor, into the stars. And that's none other than. Space News. Space News. Damn, we're getting all the classic segments. We had a mail email bag. We did. Space news, got the B news. I was very we got excited. news segments. This is like one hell of a cast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel it too. Thank you for It really helps when we like prepare for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Like this that that was the trick is like I was just gonna wing it yesterday. <laughs> and uh Ian Dixon was like, ah, oh, you know, to be today let's let's try tomorrow and i'm like okay and, and so i had all this extra time in the evening and i was like i'm gonna prepare the fucking cast and i prepared the cast i have a lot of topics but mostly i put pictures on my soundboard so i could find things <laughs> <laughs> you know that's why i could do this and everyone loves it yeah. nasa's running out of astronauts Mm-hmm. They're all retiring. Yeah. And uh, so, like, let's let's see what I write down. They only have... Give me a number. Just give me a number of how many astronauts you think are employed by NASA right now. So astronauts is specifically referring to the people who would go to space to do space things. How many people can NASA send to space? We're not talking, like, NASA employees from the ground who do math. Of and, course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Only <laughs> only people were shooting up there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 30? You're undershooting. I was hoping okay. for more. But, like, uh, 44. There are 44 astronauts currently employed. Okay. The astronaut core is projected to fall below its targeted size or minimum manifest requirement in fiscal year 2022 and 2023. Due to attrition and additional spaceflight manifest needs, they've been losing 10% of their astronaut core each year. Mm-hmm. Adding that the astronaut office calculated the core size would exactly equal the number of flight manifest seats NASA will need in 
fiscal year 2022. So they've outplanned their capacity. Mm. All these space headlines we've been telling you have been bullshit. Because we don't got no astronauts. They're all old yeah. fucks. Well, Everyone's trying to get rich in crypto. They're not, they're not trying to train to be spacemen. You know, a few good men appealed to a generation before us. Not the one we are. You We're all Frasers. Get a degree and go up into space and do science? Or do you want to just pay Elon Musk some money? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He'll shoot you up just barely into space and then you'll come back. <laughs> and you right. don't have to do anything else. You could be on your phone the whole time. <laughs> it's got Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> we have more people than ever, mm-hmm. you know, in the country. The least amount of astronauts. The year 2000, we had mm-hmm. like 200, 250 astronauts. Yeah. And now it's just like no one cares. No one wants to do that. You know, maybe the maybe the requirements to be an astronaut are lesser, or maybe it's just because we're not doing the you know the flashy missions anymore right but we've got the space dart now which you shoot the space dart up into the space and it hits an asteroid and we have a fantastic new movie called don't look up well it's all right if you like it but (laughs) (laughs) we got that so you can you can go ram an asteroid if you want would you be a last ditch hire at nasa like if you knew you were a last ditch (sighs) maybe you would do it like if I was last ditch, I don't I think I'm go. like in in good sh- enough shape to go. Like <laughs> my body weight is already pretty low. Apparently, their standards are too high if they can't even like staff more than fifty people. It's right. the entire country and it's space. What more do you need to hire a guy? What is this? Do you need to check out Indeed.com? Do you need to use ZipRecruiter? They're well, not I mean, a sponsor, but I'll point you to. I them. Imagine like the the missions they're going on. They have to have some very specific skills you know like they're taking i do kind of wonder what precise scientific measurements for things and like they need they need to have some understanding of physics and what they're is there observing there's got to be like a i think the problem is that like the skills they need are possessed by people with master's degree Mm -hmm. in their field they need there needs to be an astronaut trade school yeah. Where it's like you learn to measure. That's, you don't know even know what you're measuring, but you're going to get I'm that damn like, exact amount. We've got this core of 40 astronauts. Let's just draft people. Yeah, NASA. fuck you. You're going to learn. <laughs> you're going to learn today. Like, why not, man? Yeah. There's people. Fuck me. Fuck yeah. It's like it's going to be the equivalent of the Hogwarts letter <laughs> coming to your fucking house. <laughs> hey, you get to be a spaceman. <laughs> Shoot it through your window with a bottle rocket. <laughs> yeah. I want you to call me master. <laughs> I love that idea. Dude, I would totally be psyched. That would completely solve uh, the Frasier millennial I don't malaise. Know if they can do that, though. They're, they're like privatized now, right? They're, it's not like a government agency anymore. NASA can't conscript? I don't think so. But they have the Space Force. They do have the Space Force. Space Force can conscript. That's just a that's just a letter away from Congress, right? Yeah. I think I would approve of the draft if it was the Space Force doing it. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, yeah, I thought it was military. I was ready yeah. to make fun of it when, like, you know, maybe I got to look back at Trump and be like, he had some good points there. <laughs> <laughs> like, Space Force is awesome. Now that I think about it, <laughs> <laughs> yes, draft me into Space Force. You know, but I mean, NASA was already that. They just 
stopped funding them. Yeah, it became Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> now it's something else. That's a good so point. So it's like military related, and I don't like that about it. You know, I if might, we could I'll, just, I'll set up a laser. I imagine NASA could have done that at some point. We can conscript you know, people. Na- that you do. know, NASA set up lasers. Of course, NASA well, yeah. says set up lasers. I'm saying like just drafting people to NASA. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, they at least have like these campaigns and incentives like mm. available to them budget wise in the 2000s say giving an offer you can't refuse mm. oh yeah we'll give you a full ride through an ivy league school and also <laughs> like send hookers to your room <laughs> <laughs> if you uh you know become an astronaut make history for a few years you know they stopped giving that deal out approximately the retirement age of now <laughs> and <laughs> and now you have us talking about it doing an impromptu if you don't <laughs> yeah, I think we should reinstitute the draft, mm-hmm. but only with NASA and Space Force. If you check on your driver's license that you're okay with operating weaponized laser, le- lasery, <laughs> weaponry, lasery. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. Cool, but I'm sure there's a cool way to say weaponized lasery. <laughs> I think that is the cool way to say weaponized <laughs> lasery. <laughs> All right. So that's been Space News. Uh, let's do our space interlude. Okay, we got two more things. Mm-hmm. And this is out of a list of like six things. But okay. we've been ripping so good on this pod. This is gonna yeah. be this is gonna be this is gonna be a one to remember. I already feel it. So everything else is just bonuses. Yeah. We're just we're just mining bonuses right now. <laughs> So to start off with a little a little story that we might have forgotten. If you've been paying attention to odd offbeat news in 2013, you might have heard of this. So tell me if you've heard of this. Mm-hmm. A surgeon has finally been removed from practice mm-hmm. after branding his initials on the liver of transplant patients. Mm. So like he would open up patients, do surgery, and it wouldn't have to be transplants. But anything, he would brand his initials with like the little laser that cauterizes mm-hmm. very minute wounds. Right. So they discovered this when someone had some liver problems and they had surgery, and uh, the surgeon took it out. I was like, "What the fuck?" Someone wrote on this. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. He got his license taken away after eight years. Mm-hmm. A few things I have to think about this right away is. It took eight years to take the license away if you're going to take the license away. Mm-hmm. And secondly, maybe just a vandalism charge if it doesn't hurt. Well, yeah, like what's what's the real problem here? Because the liver, up to a certain point, it's pretty like resilient organ, mm-hmm. you know? As we can see. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, you can punish it pretty good and it like it'll regenerate um, to a point until there's like, you know, oh. You've crossed the line here, but uh, I think like initials in there is not necessarily like gonna hurt it. Right. Um, it's extremely narcissistic and grandiose. Well, I yeah, I would I would be curious about like what the purpose was. Was he signing his work like a great artist, or was he like verifying that he checked this liver <laughs> <laughs> and did the surgery? Like honestly, I could see that. Like. <laughs> He's like, I know I'm done when I sign my name. (laughs) 
That's why I stitched him up. Yeah, like uh, apparently that wasn't hospital protocol, but was there a rule against it? Is it unethical? Is it doing harm? I don't know. I'm, I don't know enough about liver surgeries. It's not the greatest. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest thing to do to a liver, scar right. it forever. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there might be a problem coming by. I mean, this person did go to the hospital with liver problems, had the liver inspected, and oh, there happens to be a branding on it. <laughs> I don't know if that's related to the problem. Right. Listen to your fuck face. But <laughs> very easy to make that jump. But assuming it doesn't do a medical problem, right? Mm-hmm. You would be cool with it. I would need to know like a a function of why you would need to do that. I think if you just frivolously sign the livers. If you did it for maybe a little extra. What if it was just like he has a personality, he is being yeah. extra. I mean, that's I guess that's kind of fun, but there's risk involved with anything like that. So, I don't know. I I couldn't speak to like ethically is that a problem as a doctor? Or ethically is that a problem as a like a hospital liability perspective? I'm sure there's a reason his license was revoked and someone who knows more about it than I do was like, oh, that's fucked up. You can't do that. You're sure the prosecution had a reason. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if some, if I had a liver transplant and they signed my liver and like it worked out, though, it was fine, I'd be cool with it. Okay. Yeah, I would feel honestly a little violated, like just personally, like if you're going to write something on my liver... Write what I want you to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Write Jack was here. <laughs> <laughs> or Tanqueray, I guess, at this point in my life. I've been drinking more gin. <laughs> Something like that. You just write slut on there. <laughs> write slut on there. <laughs> oh, now you're skittish, mister. I'm going to write my initials. You can't write slut? <laughs> what? Does slut make you feel bad? <laughs> Why does it make you feel bad, doctor? Anyway, <laughs> so that's that. That was our little take on whatever that was. Remember before the pandemic when we went to a nerd festival and closed mm-hmm. in a very small space? Yeah, and we met with an elderly lamp, elderly man named Lloyd Kaufman. I do remember that. That was like right before the pandemic. <laughs> Looking back, that was like that was kind of a dangerous thing. <laughs> it was the most dangerous thing. And like we were putting like our idols in danger. <laughs> Although to be fair, Ming Chen, who was the guy I idolized that mm-hmm. we met, he, he did never stopped going places. <laughs> he was like always at the maximum amount of exposure you could have. Mm-hmm. I think. He always scared of that whole thing. But Lloyd Kaufman, elderly man, did his walks. Did that kind of stuff. He told us to subscribe to Tromanel. He did. And it didn't have he didn't have an app then. It was just a website. Mm-hmm. I said, of course, I'm gonna go immediately. You're giving me a 30-day free trial. Mm-hmm. I said that I think we said this to him on record on this very show. Yeah. <laughs> and on our uh, lapel mic on a fucking chopstick. Yeah. On our yeah. Mic on chopstick. Mm-hmm. And uh finally, earlier today. I actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Yeah. Well, like we've been saying, time's kind of stopped having meaning. So it, essentially, you did it like when he told you to do it. I always had it on my list. Mm-hmm. 
And I always said I had it on my list. Yeah. And I always said I will subscribe to Truman now. And I said this a lot yeah. for years. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally have done it. Mm-hmm. It's a 30-day free trial. I don't know how often I'm going to be watching Truman now. So we're going to see during this trial. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to spend $5 a month. Yeah. Lloyd, now the ball's in your court. I love you, Uncle Lloyd. I love your NFTs. I'm sure they're wonderful. I'm sure they are worth it. I, I would put the bet on worth it for someone like Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. I think people making NFTs of like their dick pics are probably terrible people. <laughs> but Lloyd Kaufman could probably get away with it. It's a value equation. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to be reviewing some trauma films that I watch. Nice. And I'm going to watch it purely based on like very instinctual processes going through. I'm excited about this. You know. <laughs> so like I am single. <laughs> And uh, a lonely man. (laughs) (laughs) My first pick on the Troma Now Network was Whore Hospital. (laughs) Okay. Directed and uh, produced and whatever by uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Signed up for Troma Now. (laughs) Expecting a certain kind of content. Mm -hmm. Indie films. Yeah. I expected a lot of B-movies and mm-hmm. monsters yeah. and funny plot lines. This is literally an hour and a half of Japanese porn. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like cursing through the entire timeline, like going to the halfway point, going mm-hmm. to the 75% point, going to these expected plot points in a film. Yeah. Looking for... Is there like a story? There... <laughs> it's just fucking. It's just Japanese people in like nurses' outfits fucking mm-hmm. and stuff. And like it starts with a bondage scene. Well, no, it doesn't start with a bondage scene. I'm sorry. I, I need to do this review justice. And I've given me, I've given myself that responsibility. Mm-hmm. I understand these films are going to be outlandish, but I'm going to give them my most truthful review. Mm-hmm. It starts off with a woman who is employed newly by a new hospital and she wonders what's going to be in store for her and she's walking down the street into the hospital there's a blue sky behind her she's wearing a nurse's hat Mm -hmm. and she's smiling and and like the camera's like slightly below her so you're kind of like looking at her looking up and it creates this this angle towards heaven and you feel hopeful and she gets in and she opens the first door (laughs) and inside there's this this like elderly nurse who is like shoving her pussy into the face of this man with a ball gag. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, uh, and she's like, watches this for a good 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, all right, I don't think this is sure. The story's coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I can take the pacing right now. <laughs> I'm going to do a pro move. And I'm going to use my remote to go to certain places in the film and see what it's about. Mm-hmm. And this is the technique, folks. You go first halfway in. And the halfway point of a film, for most films, you're going to get like a big disaster or a big success. So you kind of see what it is. In the direct middle, there are six people having sex and a ringleader is announcing that more sex is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so a big success, you'd say. Yeah. 
It's a wide angle shot. It's a very long <laughs> shot. And this guy's taking his time announcing. He's just walking around with a microphone, mm-hmm. just announcing that, that, like, how great is it that there's so much sex happening in this hospital? <laughs> <laughs> there's a classical music playing. And then 75% through. Mm-hmm. It is the nadir of the film. Mm-hmm. It is where things are blackest and darkest. There's no hope. And there's you could smell the corpse of death. Mm-hmm in your vicinity it is where it seems like there's no it's like peak conflict right peak conflict it's it's conflict is one mm-hmm. and you have lost mm-hmm. it's that moment before you open your eyes to a glimmer of hope yeah but the glimmer of hope is not here yet and this is what happens <laughs> in horror hospital <laughs> <laughs> 70 75 through a dude comes on a girl's chest <laughs> <laughs> then a nurse says since then I've been given blowjobs to all of the patients. So this is the main character, the nurse. And she gets cummed on on her chest. Mm-hmm. And then since that coming, she has given blowjobs to every patient in the hospital. So this tells me the conflict in the film was she didn't want to be one of the whores in the hospital. She just witnessed a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. Halfway through, there's this big party and this big announcer. And you know what? It was a failure. Because she came into that party and she didn't want to have sex. Mm. She didn't want to fuck on camera. <laughs> but 75% through, she let a man come on her chest. And that's the nadir. Mm-hmm. And when she decides it's time to just blow everybody. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, uh, she's outside. And she's smiling and she's looking up and behind her is the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she says she's glad that she lived in the hospital because it brought her out of her shell. So... It turns out that Troma now just had like, just has a shit ton of Lloyd Kaufman himself produced <laughs> a shit ton of just actual porn. <laughs> I did not know that. Interesting. You know, did you know that? I know he did like some raunchy sex comedies, but I didn't know he did like straight, like hardcore porn. Japanese too. Like none of this was English. Yeah. It's all subtitled. Well, do you want my Troma now password? I'll probably sign up on my own at some point. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've been saying I'm a for, homeowner. For I can have my year. own Troma Now yeah. account. <laughs> so you got to tell me what what your favorite movies are. And I will bring another Troma Now movie mm-hmm. to the next podcast and do a Troma Troma Now review yeah. at least through this trial period. You'll have at least three or four mm-hmm. Troma reviews. So this has been the Troma review. That's right. God damn. So, I mean, I think that's it, man. Uh, that was a solid cast. Yeah. We could do another ad break, but like, like, do you want to sell anything on Amazon? We can give it its own address, like we did the scottcast.com forward slash yeah. AG for Athletic Greens. Get yourself some supplements. Do uh, I have to have like a specific product I want to sell on Amazon? I mean, just think of anything, and then I'll just make a link for it. Um, let's see if they have Horror Hospital on, like, Blu-ray or something. Yeah, let's see if we can get a Horror Hospital used disc. I mean, <laughs> that one might be hard to find on a public uh, <laughs> marketplace. <laughs> mm, seems like we're getting some, like, hits on Kindle for, like... Uh, Just separate, st- like, the novelization yeah. of Horror Hospital. <laughs> <laughs>
Dr. Feelgood, a medical romance. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood? That's like a romance novel for people with like a, like an opioid addiction. Oh, he feels good. <laughs> oh, that man feels good. Oh, that sounds kind of awful. Dr. Feelgood is an alpha AF possessive male with a deep growly voice and a giant stethoscope in a bedside manner that makes me want more. Mm-hmm. It's an asshole with a giant stethoscope uh-huh. <laughs> and a tiny dick. Because <laughs> uh, he's compensating with the stethoscope. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't really want anyone to buy Dr. Feelgood, but if they want to check out the Photoshop, they can uh, follow the link and then buy something else. There you go. So check out that stethoscope Photoshop on Dr. Feelgood, the romantic novel. <laughs> we put that at the scottcast.com forward slash feelgood. <laughs> no hyphens or spaces and so yeah we're at the we're at the end of the podcast baby <laughs> uh what did we learn today oh that my mom listens yeah that's fun we talked a lot about sluts today <laughs> You learned uh, what was good media strategy. (laughs) I I feel like uh, themes were that like change is good, um, but also the reasons are important. Yeah. That was the thread, I think. Yeah, the reasons and, and the change too. Sometimes the reason can be good and the change can be uh, underwhelming. (laughs) I want you to call me master. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lesson to learn from life. (laughs) The change is good, but it was underwhelming. (laughs) Oh my God, that's the story of my life, you know? That's the Frasier. That's the Frasier in me. And that's what I learned is that... Uh, we're we're fraisering, and and by the benchmark of the '90s, we're not doing good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're broke, Fraser. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know. But we have the gift mm-hmm. of awareness, and and the internet, and the ability to analyze ourselves endlessly. Mm-hmm. So I think somehow through that, we will prosper. And that is the Scott Cast way. It's like a... <clears throat> kind of like a like a nineteenth century Russian existentialism. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the revival, the millennials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't have a lot, but we have endless uh, time to evaluate ourselves. <laughs> I'm into it. Maybe we'll find meaning. You know? And I don't know. I think I think there is a sound that really does define uh like the the millennials approach to mm-hmm. to their uh, to their lot in life. <laughs> <laughs> that about does it, yeah. All right. So that's what we learned. Uh, pod, uh, former pod king Ian Dixon, possible pod king uh, by 
episode 150 standards. Oh. The Tournament of Eloquence. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have a no-show, I think you'll just become one. Because <laughs> I'm the slut now. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't give myself that. <laughs> Yeah, just retire slut right away. What message will that send in our modern world? <laughs> so, so, uh, so we got we got the tournament of eloquence coming up. And if Sneaky D does fucking win, he wins. Yeah, I mean, if he can if he can handle these uh, these rules, he's been saturating himself though mm-hmm. with. Uh, writer's advice for like speculative fiction mm-hmm. sci-fi and stuff like yeah. that and that's very much like uh, trim down your language you crazy baroque fuck they were very <laughs> anti-vivaldi mm. so like he might be he might be ill-equipped to work yeah. the tournament of eloquence like we are yeah as baked as we are in russian literature mm-hmm. and 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 uh Latin it phrasing. Yeah. Hmm. Vivaldi. So, won't you lead us out there, Ian Dixon? Oh, sure thing. Here from us at the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast, we bid the adieu. See you later, Scottcastigators. All hail Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Yeah.